everybody, welcome back to another episode of Between Hard Lines, your podcast where we discuss difficult topics, topics that we don't agree on. Our goal to show you that you can have opposite opinions and still have civility inside that conversation. My name is Jesse Call. I am your host. With me, as always, is Mr. Brian Dobbs and Miss Sasha Denisova. How are you guys? Doing good, Jesse. Doing good. How is everybody else doing? I'm doing fantastic. And normally we flip a coin to see who gets to go first. Again, I forgot the coin. So, uh, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, Sasha, who do you want to go? I'm a poet. I, I'm going to let uh, uh, Brian uh, uh, start us off on this one. Perfect. Okay, so guys, this week we have a very difficult conversation. Uh, this is our first test of disagreement. Um, I know up until now, we built this to be a disagreement podcast, right? How, hey, how do we talk and disagree and actually maintain civil at the same time? Uh, but the first like five episodes, we really were just kind of doing more educating than anything. Um, and again, we're going to have a mixture of all that kind of stuff, but this topic's really tough. So we're going to jump into abortion. Uh, it's a topic that a lot of people stay away from completely. It's one of the big no-no topics in any social media uh, um, standing like any Facebook groups or any, you know, a lot of places they just say, don't talk about abortion, don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics. Well, guess what? We're talking about all that. That's what we want to talk about. And we want to show you that you can have two people that adamantly disagree with each other and still respect each other in the end. They're not going to convince each other whether they're right or wrong, but they're going to talk about points. They're going to explain why they feel one way versus the other. And we're going to start right now with Mr. Brian Dobbs. Take it away. Hello. Um, so, like Jesse was saying there, one thing I can tell you that in all my years of politics, you know what I have never seen? Anyone ever convinced by anyone's argument on abortion. So, it's, and that's another reason why people don't bring up is because Every conversation I've ever had with it generally, very few people are like, I'm not really sure. Convince me one way or They pretty much know which way they're going to go, and it probably doesn't matter what evidence you have. They're probably not going to change their mind. They may change their mind eventually, but it's usually come, something that comes to them, an event in their life or something where they change their mind. But it's usually never going to be because someone came up and said, hey, did you know about this point? Oh, I didn't. All right. Well, I changed my mind. And I'm going to jump um, in real quick because I want to point out uh, in a lot of a lot of our shows, we give Brian some time to talk and then he mutes himself. Sasha has time to talk. She mutes herself. Brian rebuttals. Sasha, it's a lot of debate style stuff. This one's going to be more of a conversation style. So you're going to hear brian and sasha jumping back and forth i'm probably going to be pretty quiet for most of this this uh this episode because this is this is more focused on them talking to each other and you guys hearing them discuss things so um sasha i know you like to keep yourself muted but um you know you guys talk as if you were having a conversation face to face you know where we won't interrupt each other but we jump in at a right point to talk about something right so treat it that way and not like a debate but more of a conversation all right go ahead Yep. Um, so um, there's kind of a few different aspects on the issue of abortion that generally people kind of look at. One is a lot of people, their view on religion, or I should say on abortion, is based on their religious views, which um, depends on your faith. You're going to have different views of it. And there's also the issue of 
legality. Um, the Supreme Court decision, which is probably the, one of the most popular recent Supreme Court decisions as far as knowledge goes, is the Roe versus Wade ruling. Um, so some people are going to look at it from a constitutional aspect, right of privacy, and then there's going to be a lot of overlap. And one of the hardest reasons for this issue is because so much people take it as a article of faith from their religion. Now, me as an atheist, that doesn't really affect me because I don't have a religion. So, but also, even if I did, I'm a believer in, you know, whatever your religious views are, they have to be based like your view on Roe versus Wade or abortion needs to be as a legal issue needs to be based on something other than that. Now that said, I've even found evidence that some people could use to say abortion is okay, even within the Bible. Um, but that's going to be all depending on your interpretation of different parts of the Bible. And it even goes back to um, one thing that surprised me is that early evangelicals in the 70s were actually more pro-choice than I actually would have thought so. Um, but generally what I've always focused on, what most liberals that I know focus on, is... No one is really necessarily like, I want everyone to get abortions all the time. They're not for abortions. They're for that right to choose. And the other thing that, and one that I've always kind of been more my focus is how can we prevent the need for abortions? And that's where I think a lot more focus should be because realistically, we're not going to agree on whether or not abortion should be illegal or not, but we can all agree on that we would like less. So that seems like to me a more productive area of, of working on it. Um, things such as education, access to birth control, and even things like healthcare availability and income, things that like, you know, possibly a higher minimum wage or things that can help families get through that reducing the reasons why someone may want to have an abortion. And that's one of the things that I think too often gets thrown off on the wayside by a bunch of angry yelling is that that's at least one area that both sides can agree on. But my personal belief is that I think a woman should have the right to choose. And as a guy, I'm really not going to step in on it because I don't know what their situation is. And I don't believe that the government needs to go into their doctor's offices and sit there and be like, we're going to monitor what's going on. Now, the, now the one thing to keep in mind is that Roe versus Wade doesn't and the uh, later thing doesn't give everyone a right to an absolute, an abortion at will at any time. It is segregated. Um, it used to be first trimester, pretty much everything's open. Second more regulated, third, very regulated. And that seems like, you know, that's not exactly the way that the current law goes, but it's kind of a good way in how I view it as well. I'm fine with it in the first trimester, second week or second trimester, there's gotta be some good reason for it. Third trimester, that's gonna be basically only if like there's a life at risk, basically. All right. Yeah, and and that's what I would say is a very standard uh, liberal approach is pro-choice. I in in anyone that claims that liberals are out to murder babies is just you know they're on the conspiracy train, tinfoil hat, and that's just extreme crap, right? Again, 
there there might be people out there that are like that. I don't think they, you know, they've gone beyond political boundary at that point. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely a pro jo- pro choice versus pro life discussion um, for me because I I am you know I'm I'm an avid Christian. Um, again, spectrally as far as politics goes, I'm kind of in the middle. I'm more socially liberal, fiscally responsible, but I am of, of the belief that um, you know life is sentient, right? From the beginning, and sure, you can sit here and say that brainwave patterns and heartbeats and things like that—they don't exist until whenever, right? But for me, it's about the outcome. For me, it's about this is eventually going to be a sentient life form, um, and my belief is that that was created and imparted a soul by my God, right? So, um, but again, it's more or less for me what that is going to inevitably become it's going to become a human right it's going to become a human baby a child that will grow have experiences have memories and for anyone to snuff that out i disagree with because they don't have the right to choose that based on my religion again which in my views takes uh it it, it takes a greater step than my government right my religious views are that way and a lot of people feel that way um but also they do fall within realistic expectations. I'm not going to be creating, uh, I'm not a martyr, right? So I'm not going to go killing a bunch of people in the name of my religion to defy my government laws because my religion teaches us to abide by human laws and stuff. So yeah, dude, I I agree that that is something that um, makes it very difficult is the separation of church and state, which I'm sure you guys will touch on here, but I just kind of wanted to give my point across before I'm drowned out between you two going back and forth. So, (laughs) all right, Sasha, go for it. Well, I think ultimately the question is, when does life begin? To Jesse's point, right, life begins at conception. Um, Let's revisit the wording of Roe versus Wade. So Roe versus Wade rules uh, this right of privacy where whether it be founded in the 14th Amendment's concept of personal liberty and restrictions upon state action as we feel it is, or in the Ninth Amendment's reservation of right to the people is broad enough to encompass a woman's decision whether or not to terminate her pregnancy. So here the court reasoned that outlawing abortions would infringe a pregnant woman's right to privacy for several reasons. Having an unwanted child may force upon a woman a distressful life and future. It may bring eminent psychological harm. Caring for the child may tax the mother's physical and mental health. And because there can be distress for all concern associated with the unwanted child. However, the court rejected the notion that this right was absolute, holding instead that it must be balanced against certain other government interests. And this is a direct quote, and this is uh, 410-154. A state may properly assert important interest in safeguarding health, maintaining medical standards, and in protecting potential life. At some point in pregnancy, these respective interests become sufficiently compelling to sustain regulation of the factors that govern the abortion decision. We therefore conclude that the right of personal privacy includes the abortion decision, but this right is not unqualified and must be considered 
against important state interests and regulations. Okay, so to Brian's point, um, it doesn't tell you when it's okay to have an abortion. And it does uh, cite psychological and uh, physical health. I'm going to play the devil's advocate. Psychological, hello, excuse me, can I raise my hand? You knew where babies come from. The moment you made the decision to have sex, you knew that it could potentially result in a child. So this is going to personal responsibility more than anything. However, this is where I'm going to disagree with Jesse is the mother's physical health, right? If the, um, I am a proponent of abortion in very extreme uh, cases, obviously cases of rape and incest, uh, since uh, that um, would be uh, not only traumatizing uh, for uh, the mother, for example, to carry her rapist uh, baby, um, but could result in severe uh, genetic deformities, which brings us to uh, point number two, the health of the mother and the health of the child. Uh, so this is where uh, the mother's um, life is at risk. So I uh, do believe that abortions are okay uh, in that um, in that respect. Also, if uh, the child uh, will not have a quality of life. So this is where uh, we see uh, severe uh, birth defects. Uh, we see a phenomena known as the cyclops baby. So this is where the baby's uh, skull is so severely deformed that both eyes are fused together into one eye in the middle. And typically the, the baby only lives for just a few very, very agonizing hours or days. So while I b believe and I agree with uh, Jesse that uh, uh, life begins at uh, conception, I do believe that there are uh, some extreme cases uh, where abortion is medically uh, necessary. Again, whether it is to save the life of the mother, um, to um, prevent a, a child uh, from uh, who's not going to have any quality of life from being born, and then in those extreme uh, cases of, of violence or uh, incest. Uh, I, I agree with Brian uh, to the point where we need more education, right? We uh, need to address uh, the issue before uh, we even get to conception, right? We need to teach kids about uh, how to use uh, birth control. We need to um, teach them where uh, babies come from. Um, however, I know uh, plenty of people that simply just didn't care. They knew they had all the facts, they just didn't care. Or um, that they got pregnant for the wrong reasons. For example, they were uh, in a relationship with um, a guy uh, who uh, you know, they knew we were not going to stick around. So getting pregnant uh, was uh, an attempt to keep the guy and the moment he left anyways that they terminated that uh, pregnancy or um, cases where, again, they simply just did not uh, care if they were to get uh, pregnant and uh, used abortion as birth control. And I do uh, know uh, several women who have had dozens of abortions and um, just 
think because the law says that it's okay, it's morally okay, and that that child that they're aborting is not a life. Yeah, I'm going to just chime in real quick, because I, I actually never did say that I was anti-abortion on um, protecting a woman's health. I, I actually agree with abortion is okay to protect the health of the, the mother. So um, I, I just wanted to make that very clear, because that, that's not something I had even commented on. But uh, I, I do agree that there are cases where abortion is necessary. I just believe in a majority of cases, for me, it's the extinguishing of a life that... Um, a lot of people that are pro-choice say doesn't exist. So, well, I think that's what comes to really one of the key issues is you say that life begins at conception, which a lot of people agree with, but then there's also going to be like, you know, an argument could be the same could be made for a sperm and a egg being combined could become a person just like an individual sperm has the possibility of becoming a life. But also there's the, you know, the day after pill, which is the sperm the cell they haven't actually implanted yet, which means you're technically not pregnant yet. So some people would say you're not even pregnant at that case. Some people say it happens later. Some people go by a heartbeat. Some people go by a brainwave. And the thing is that I, basically my view has always been, I don't know when that point is. And I don't feel comfortable telling someone else this is when that point is exactly because I don't like there's no like dead set thing that says especially like, you know, someone could take the Bible and say this is what the Bible says, but that's a religious view that only affects you. That's like we don't say like, well, a different religion says X and a different religion says Y. Well, which religion is then we get to the government deciding, well, which religion is the correct one? And that's why I think that, like, the first trimester, second trimester, third trimester thing, which every I've never actually read the entire case, so I don't know exactly where it says it, but every case I've ever read on Supreme Court ruling said that it's divided into those three segments. And that, to me, just seems like a fair way of looking because it gives people the options to look at what their beliefs are, but at the same time, I think, like, do I believe that the second the sperm and egg combine that it is 100% all these rights are given to it? No. Do I believe that three seconds before it's born that it means nothing? No. But I don't know exactly, like, on June 31st at this time, like, what that time break is. And I just don't believe in legislating it necessarily to that point. Now, the other thing I was going to uh, bring up is, <clears throat> excuse me, um... You kind of uh, touched on this a little bit too. Is um, the conception thing like that? Um, one of the problems that we run into is what is the effectiveness of a condom? Most people say, "Oh, it's like ninety-nine percent effective." What is the concept uh, rate of, with birth control? Oh, it's like ninety-six percent or something. And they have like you know, so we know these kind of percents based that are how reliable they are and a lot of times people use those but the problem is that comes back to kind of what sasha mentioned and i mentioned earlier education which is if they're not used properly those rates drop significantly and that's where uh, prevention comes in where things like the long-term things like iud's and things like that those have extremely high success rates and also very good but they're also 
they don't have like any problems or like, oh, you used it wrong. So those are some of the better options. And that's part of the reason why a lot of people would probably be surprised that there's actually less abortions now than there were before Roe versus Wade as a percentage of births, not total, because obviously the population has grown. And that's where I think it's actually been most effective is doing things like that to help reduce those risks. But part of the problem that we still run into is a lot of lower income people don't have the access to those things. And one of the best things that we could do is move towards getting healthcare to all these lower income people, getting the education to them and access to birth control that is effective not just relying on things that we know statistically are not as effective because let's be real kids are going to have sex you can be moralizing about it all you want it's still going to happen and i'm a believer in you know it's kind of similar to drug needle exchanges yes you shouldn't shoot up heroin but yes people still will i would rather give them clean needles and stop spread of of you know infections and not pretend like the thing's not going to happen. And that's the other thing it just kind of comes down to is like, even if, you know, the biggest issue is like the Supreme Court, Roe versus Wade, even if that's mm-hmm. gone, abortion's still going to happen. It's just going to be either state by state or you can do it over the, over the internet now, or it's going to be by basically you can get it from doing it at home or like in a back alley. Sasha, you got anything to say? Well, I think, I think too. I I hate the the notion that oh, kids are are gonna have sex and they just don't know better. They know where babies come from, right? I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you about education, but I feel like everybody, no matter what their income level, knows where babies come from, right? You you know that it takes two people um, to have sex. We we talk I about was... access to birth control too, but can we think? I, I was about... going more with the effectiveness of the birth control. I think some people don't realize how the effectiveness of it, like they think, oh, it's a hundred percent when it's not. I think right. Well, and, and nothing sex, is going to so. be right. Nothing is going to be a hundred percent. You're absolutely yeah. right. But I was just going to say, you know, even um, you can reduce uh, the risk of pregnancy just using the good old pullout method, right? With <laughs> no condom, no IUD. We know those uh, have, you know, 99% uh, effectiveness rates. But um, when the pullout method is 80%, again, we just, uh, we need to teach personal responsibility as well. We can't just say, oh, it's okay. You can just have an abortion, right? There needs to be more consequences and more gravity uh, to that decision because uh, some families are not lucky enough to conceive even once. And we need to, uh, you know, think of the, the flip side of the coin, right? Yeah. And but the question would be, like, is it the government's responsibility to go into the doctor's office and shame women and say, like, you should have known better? Or is that just something that just comes from education outside of the legal system of just saying, hey, you know. Well, and, and enlighten me on that. You, I've heard you mention that twice. You know, in what situation is the government actually going in to the doctor's office and shaming a woman? Well, I'm just saying, like, so if we're talking about abortion from a legal standpoint, 
the reasoning for them being pregnant as a moral thing, that's something separate than whether or not abortion should be legal or not, really. Mm-hmm. I think because unless the government's actually going in there and trying to tell you why and like who can and who can't, that's a you know, that becomes a more outside of the legal system discussion about whether or not it's right or wrong. Well, to be fair, it would be more of a law abiding guideline, not shaming, right? So here's the reasons why you can and cannot have abortions. Okay. Um, I don't think you're going to have you know, actual lawmakers standing in the office and, and just shaming. But the woman. if you're going to no. have those guidelines, how do they get enforced? Well, that and that's, and that's why laws are written. That's why it takes a long time. Now here's, let's switch to a different topic here within the same category. Um, let's discuss, cause I know Sasha, you've got a heart out soon. So we need to talk about Planned Parenthood, right? Seems to be the crux of the abortion topic for a lot of people. Um, a lot of, you know, and one misnomer I will touch on real quick is a lot of people think that conservatives and Republicans are completely against Planned Parenthood, which is bogus. That's That couldn't be more against the truth. I am pro-Planned Parenthood to a degree, right? I think that some of the things that plant, Planned Parenthood does is beneficial, and that is um, teaching birth control right? Their ability to hand out birth control to help teach people the proper way to uh, use condoms, you know, just essentially the more responsible way to have sex and without having a child, Planned Parenthood. The part of Planned Parenthood that I disagree with are the extremes of how uh, accepting they are of abortions in, in broad cases, right? Now, that's a small part of Planned Parenthood, um, so why don't you guys touch a little bit on that, even though it may not be something you guys have done a lot of research on. Let's just have this as a more um, just just natural conversation about Planned Parenthood. Sasha, why don't you take that away? I um, So I, I see what you're saying with education and uh, birth control. I have an issue with uh, Planned Parenthood because of... Um, the, the founder of, of Planned uh, Parenthood. And we uh, know that uh, Planned Parenthood, you know, the, the reason that they pushed abortions was actually uh, to um, uh, eugenics, right? To create almost a master race, because if you could um, give abortions to all people of color and give them easy access to have abortions, you could cut down uh, the minority population of the United States. So that ingrainly uh, really irks me, and it really bothers me as an as an organization of uh, what uh, Margaret Sanger. Uh, said about um, the mission of Planned uh, uh, Parenthood. So her direct quote is inferior races like Orientals, Jews, and Blacks. And refer she referred to them as human weeds. So oh, uh, I think there is a right way and a wrong way of going about it. Well, um, first I'm going to touch on that. And I would say like, I've, I can't honestly even remember what they came out with an outcome because I know that there's been some fact checking on that and I don't even remember which way it came out because I've never paid that much attention. Honestly, abortion is really not an issue I've done a whole lot with usually. Um, but one of the things I would say about that is Henry Ford was a racist. He was anti-Semite. We don't sit there and say I don't want a Ford car because in 1920 
it was founded by an anti-Semite. So I, I think at this point, it's time to move on to the organization as it is today and what it actually stands for versus what someone 100 years ago that has no input on it really anymore had to say on it. Um, but the other thing I was going to bring up is, so kind of like you mentioned, or Jesse mentioned, with Planned Parenthood, one of the interesting things is in Texas, they basically defunded Planned Parenthood. Um, for They cut the funding by about two-thirds, cost them about $76 million. Um, this was back in 2001. And there were some studies that were done by the, um, <clears throat> the Texas A&M University uh, economics professor and some other places as well had similar findings. But what they actually found was teen abortions increased from 3.1% to 3.4% during those following years. So it didn't actually stop abortion. It actually increased it. And then part of it is because like what Jesse was mentioning, a key part of what they do is trying to tell people how to not get pregnant and to help sure, making sure that they don't. And that's actually something that's been found in a few other places too, where they've actually basically, when you cut down the access to those things, you actually, which some people, not everyone that's anti-abortion also is against birth control, but some basically are against all birth control. And usually that's kind of what you find. The ironic thing about that is that even if you tried to look at it as a conservative thing in terms of cost, uh, the average taxpayer paid a lot of money for those because a lot of people, those teens were low income, which means they didn't have, a lot of times didn't have insurance and stuff. And the actual cost actually ended up being higher than the, in terms of medical costs that the government ended up paying for that than the actual savings from not funding in Planned Parenthood. So that's another thing just to be keep in mind is like when we talk about like some places talk about like we should defund Planned Parenthood is remember that the abortion part, um, the Hyde Amendment means that the, you know, they don't get government funding that can be used towards abortions. All the funding that you're cutting off is the stuff that's going to prevent people from having issues that can cause them to be back needing an abortion. So it's actually hurting yourself basically. Well, and I think, too, what we forget to mention that, uh, first of all, Planned Parenthood uh, isn't free. Um, they have uh, payment options, but none of their services are actually free, nor do they provide uh, services like mammograms. So that's a, another misconception. And I'm currently on their uh, site. Um, which talks very nicely about uh, their founder, Ma Margaret Sanger, who actually died in uh, uh, 1965. And if we uh, really want to separate the organization from its founder, we need um, to, uh, for Planned Parenthood to take responsibility and uh, to, uh, to make that uh, a distinction, right? We live in a world uh, where that's going to be very, very important. Uh, and I personally cannot get past uh, the type of person uh, that she uh, was in uh, awful, awful things. She said as late as 1965, right? This is not 100 years ago uh, during slave time, right? This is where we're talking, right? This is, this is freedom. This is, um, you know, Martin Luther King, um, we are holding hands and singing Kumbaya, and Margaret Sanger is talking about killing Negro children. 
you know what? Here's here's where I'm going to step in because we're getting close to that time and we're going to have to end the show here soon. Sasha's bringing up some really good points. Brian, you brought up some fantastic points too. Uh, it, but what you've just led me into is the topic of next week's podcast. Um, you know, you, you bring up these points about the past, who they are, vilify them, disown them, right? I'm more of, okay, here's who they were. Here's how the world was at the time. What they did was wrong. Let's vilify their actions. But history's history, right? We have to we have to use that to know the difference between right and wrong, right? We teach, hey, what this person who founded this organization said at the time, terrible. Disown that. Not good. Now, again, I don't know much about her. I don't know much about Planned Parenthood. I don't really know a ton about this topic. But I will say this, if it's true that she said these things and Planned Parenthood holds her in high praises, that's something that they need to fix because that is not okay. Um, However, I don't think that people need to be forgotten. For example, out here in the Twin Cities, was it Lake Calhoun that they wanted to completely rename? And they actually did for a short period of time and it was named something weird. I, I think it was tribal. You know, Native it's, American. Yeah, it's the Indian name. But they isn't aren't they changing it back to Calhoun now? Um No, it's still the same, but they they use different they use basically both names right. for different things. But there's so many examples of this throughout our history. Our history was I mean, we, we were a country, we were founded as a slave owning country, right? I mean that is part of who we were in the beginning of our country. I mean, these things, yes, they were terrible, but should they be forgotten? Well, no, there's many different reasons why. So why don't we do this? This is going to lead into next week's topic of history. Should it be forgotten or should it be a learning tool, right? Uh, this is We're going to touch on this because there's a lot of, um, of examples of this from statues being ripped down, from misconceptions of what the uh, the southern flag means for all kinds of different things, right? So that'll be our topic for next week, guys, because I think that's kind of where we were headed with this conversation. I think we did get a lot of good points out. Um, Because Sasha's got to run, we're going to go ahead and just go right into our charities for the week. Again, nothing's changing with mine. It's from this point forward, it's probably always going to be the Wounded Warrior Project. You can Google it. There is tons of information about it. They help our vets that are out there sacrificing their, uh, their lives and limbs literally for our future, our safety, and our ability to argue, right? That's why they're doing what they're doing. Um, Brian, go ahead and touch base on on yours, and then Sasha will end with you. Um, So this week I'm actually doing the National Fibromyalgia Chronic Pain Association. Um, That's fibro, F-I-B-R-O, and pain.org. And the reason why I'm doing that is um, it's an issue where – basically and jesse i know knows a lot about this as well it's basically just your entire body tricks itself into telling you that you're having tons of pain your nerves are hyperactive and it's disruptive to sleep it can make you tired to the point where you cannot basically do anything anymore and basically people with severe cases can live in basically just constant pain all the time and the reason why this one was important to me this week is um this sunday would be the one year anniversary of one of my best friends passed away and this was one of her main illnesses it's not the thing that killed her it was actually she went into sepsis but 
Um, and I don't know for sure, but, you know, having that much pain and stuff, it could actually possibly hit some of the symptoms. But really, it was just a la- the last few years of her life, she did a ton to get actually into law, to work for the justice system. And basically, her life was just cut short early. And so that's, this is her, uh, my friend Crystal. So uh, again, that's the National Fibromyalgia Chronic Pain Association. So check them out. Um, and it's kind of an issue that I know quite a bit about, but I know isn't really as focused on. Sasha? All right, I am uh, going to go with Colon Cancer uh, Coalition. Uh, so uh, the website is uh, coloncancercoalition.org, uh, and they provide uh, education uh, resources uh, uh, regarding uh, colon cancer because colon cancer is uh, a very preventable uh, disease, so nobody uh, needs to die from it if they're screened. Uh, and if the disease is uh, caught uh, early, unfortunately, a lot of uh, um, a certain uh, minority groups are very uh, resistant to uh, screening or uh, interference by uh, a medical professional. And uh, uh, something that we need to keep in mind that one of five patients diagnosed with colon cancer are ages 20 to 54. So this is no longer an old person's uh, disease. So again, that website is uh, coloncancercoalition.org. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, We're going to wrap it up here. And, uh, you know, like we always like to say is try to stay open-minded, everybody. Uh, Be decent to one another. Just be respectful right don't dig your feels in it doesn't do anybody any good and just try to understand where the other person's coming from you don't have to agree and then uh, we'll catch up with you next time history should we forget it i don't know we'll find out thanks guys podcast has been a grizzled beard studio production we can be reached at between hard lines at gmail.com or you can find us on twitter at bhl podcast stick that in your beard Thank you.